This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi there, this is Dr. Tracy Jones. And on today's Tremendous Leadership Podcast, we are going to talk with the tremendous leader, Gary Wevedo. Gary is an entrepreneur. He built his health benefits and insurance business. He's a pilot and one of our tremendous authors. So stay tuned. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where we talk about leaders in various organizations and entities and what that took them to pay the price of leadership. So today, as I said, we are super excited to have dear friend and local leader in the Central PA region, Gary Wevedo. Gary has been an active professional in Central Pennsylvania insurance community since 1989. He's able to draw on his extensive experience to provide clients with innovative solutions with a personalized, hands-on approach. Gary is an instrument-rated private pilot who enjoys flying for business and personal enjoyment since 1999. And when we go global, he'll be my pilot for the tremendous leadership. We'll get a plane with a kicking man on it. He's also a secondary black belt in Taekwondo, been married to his beautiful, lovely wife, Yvette, since 1984, has three adult children, and Gary is also a published author. His book, Setting a True Course, we're going to talk a little bit about that at the end, and we will have links to that. He's one of our tremendous authors, so you know, he's super duper tremendous. Um, Gary, thanks so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you today. Absolutely. And do you want to tell them real quickly about your company and what you do, Gary? Yeah, we're a locally, uh, local owned. It's my daughter and I, uh, family owned business. We help businesses in the central Pennsylvania area with medical insurance benefits. Um, So our typical clients, anywhere from a small mom and pop business, our largest client has over a thousand employees. In in America, 95% of privately held businesses have less than a hundred. So I'd say most of them are in that, you know, 20 to 100 space. Awesome. And it's nice to have you on here because small businesses are the backbone of uh, the U.S. economy. And so I love uh, probably a lot of people listening to this are small business owners, entrepreneurs. So really interested to get because that is a whole different style of leadership than if you're in a big bureaucracy that has a lot of resources and a lot of bailout and stuff like that. So, um, Gary, you knew my father and he wrote a little booklet called The Price of Leadership. It was one of his more um, poignant speeches because he really talked about um, the tougher side of leadership and the price that leaders have to pay. And so that's what we really want to unpack today with your experience as to the price that leaders have to pay. Um, The first price that he talked about in the price of leadership was loneliness. And my father talks about how sometimes leaders are just going to have to set the pace for others to follow, and they may not be following right away. And he would always joke and say that you never see a monument in a park dedicated to a committee. So you know what? It's lonely at the top. So Gary, can you tell me um, what it means to be lonely as a leader, if there's times you have uh, been through that and what you would encourage other leaders if they are going through that? That is something that I think is a necessary part of being a leader, Mm. Uh, unfortunately, because one thing I learned early in my career is you can't please everybody. Mm -hmm. 
And when that's the case, you have to make tough decisions. And when you make tough decisions, not everybody's going to agree with those decisions. And I shared with you briefly before we started, I was reading your dad's book again, and I uh, uh, was reading Life is Tremendous again recently this year, and just brings through some new, new thoughts. But for me, um, I think God conditioned me to be um, independent hmm. from a young age. And I write about that a little bit in my book. Um, I have two older brothers and a younger sister, and I was at the tail end of three boys. And being at that age where I was four years younger than, or five years younger than the oldest and two years younger than the next one, I had to kind of learn to do a lot of things on my own. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just sort of inbred into me by the way I grew up. Not, not that I had a terrible life growing up. It was great. But uh, th- 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 that's how far back I can remember. But in, in the insurance business, as your dad was, it's tough because you can only eat what you kill. And you got to go out there every week. And it's not, what did you do for me last week? It's, what have you done for me lately? And um, I had to learn through that process. It's very lonely. Uh, most people don't want to talk to insurance people. And if you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So I had to learn early on that I just had to dig and grind and get in the trenches. And I I looked at life more as a way to encourage other people, uh, almost like a ministry Mm -hmm. where I would just try to be available, faithful and and available Mm -hmm. to do what um, God had for me that day. And it's interesting. I write about that again in my book, too. I don't want to keep talking about my book, but um, life just unfolds and you have circumstances and instances and people that you meet that you never thought you would meet. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly meeting new people. And it's kind of I want to call it divine because God works those meetings out. He knew we were going to meet before I did. Mm -hmm. So I'm always open to those. But uh, it is lonely because uh, if if you always had a, a great fan base and everybody thought you did everything right, you wouldn't be lonely. You'd have a lot of yes people. And I think I heard that on your other podcast. We've all been around those yes people who just tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. Right. And we're going to talk about that in the third price of abandonment. And, you know, that's so funny. I've I read heard this joke about people that would go to RV camp on vacation would put up a life insurance sales thing on their trailer so people wouldn't bother them kind of thing. So, and, you know, I love that. You can only eat what you kill. And so I think, as you said, because I sold door-to-door, I've had a little bit of time in sales. Right. There's a, there's certain career fields, probably um, tax collectors, dentists, you know, certain career fields that that it is more lonely because people are like, no, 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 I don't need to hear that. And yeah, you need to hear it. You better be insurance up because you don't know when this can happen. So, um, yeah, I think that was part of dad's with the insurance field. Why he was so funny to people is because in the insurance field, if you're not working for a commission, I mean, that that is almost like a desperation kind of thing where you got to right. make it happen. 
And you can't come home and cry to your wife or your family because you got to bring home the bacon. And what would dad say? He'd say, look, honey, man of the month, man of the month. And she'd say, where's the check or something like right, that. Right, <laughs> right. I used to ch- joke around. My wife wouldn't let me in the door without applications and checks. Yeah. They go well, back out and keep working. <laughs> go back out there. And dad would say he made a promise. If, if he didn't sell a policy, he'd buy one. And right. then a- he, after about two months of that, he's like, I got to get out there. I got to hustle. I'm going to sell. So interesting. All right. Well, thank you for that on, on the loneliness. And, and I love that one of our other uh, guests uh, today had talked about, she was the oldest of nine kids. So Mm -hmm. she had to learn to be independent and stand up a lot. So a lot of that is coded from when we're, we're younger that you're just, um, you know, kind of in in environments. And that's why when we shelter younger kids too much and don't let them stand up on their independence and learn, it's okay to be alone. Um, Mm -hmm. Otherwise, boy, when you get to be an adult, that can be crippling you know, if you're not ready for it. I think so too. You make a very, very valid point. Um, we live in a time when parents, God bless them, they want to raise their kids right, but they try to shelter them from all mm-hmm. the pain and heartache of life. And really pain and heartache and discouragement and those things that we're going to talk about actually help shape you and can make mm-hmm. you better mm-hmm. because it's either that or you go the other way. Right, absolutely. Just, just learn how to adapt. It makes you very strong and adaptable. Yeah. Because absolutely. life isn't easy. No, no. Well, what's that? Whenever somebody says life is hard compared to what? What's the alternative? Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. So the next price he talked about is weariness. And he said that, uh, my dad said, if you're going to be doing anything worthwhile, you're always going to be surrounded by people who will never be doing their share and those who do more. So Mm. how do you handle this gap? I mean, I know we have our own intrinsic motivation, Gary. That's why we're on, why you're on this show, because we, we are tenacious as all get out. But, But how do you deal with it as a leader when you're trying to run an organization? And there is a certain weariness that comes with continually trying to get people to do the right thing. Talk to me about that. Oh boy, that's exhausting. <laughs> it's a different weariness, isn't it? It's not like weariness. I love my work. I'm dog tired, but it's it's a different weariness, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's the kind of weariness where you kind of get to the end of your rope and mm. you just have to dig deeper. I learned a lot personally from um, something that I love to do. I started doing about 25 years ago was mountaineering, uh, hiking mountains, um, huh? climbing high points, and I've climbed 35 of the 50 state high points. And it's amazing what you can tell your, your body to do with your mind. If you listen to your body, your body wants to quit. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't want to go past that point of, it, of physical exhaustion. And I think work is the same way. Sometimes you get mentally weary, you mm-hmm. get emotionally weary, you get worn out. And um, you just have to constantly refresh yourself each day. And for me, it's my faith. I start out every day with some quiet time for about an hour. I read, I pray, I study. Um, And not just scripture. I mean, I start the day out with scripture. That's my first thing in a little Bible study and I pray. But then I'm always reading business books, sometimes some leadership books, um, sometimes political books type books, always learning, always growing. Mm -hmm. And what that does is that feeds your mind and helps feed your soul. And then I usually go out physically and start the day out with a walk and clear my mind. But that kind of helps me kind of get through the weariness of it. Um, I tend to be one of those people. And I think it's not uncommon for some leaders. You have to find something that 
works for you to be your best when you're working. Uh, and even for me, there's some days where it's like, I'll work a few hours and I just want to go jump on the motorcycle and go for mm -hmm. a long ride mm -hmm. in my head uh, or meet up with a friend and play nine holes of golf or, or whatever it is that you need to do to constantly refresh yourself because weariness is just part of the battle. Yes. And if we look at our journey as more of a marathon instead of a um, hundred yard dash, we, we can treat ourselves accordingly and you know it's it's not just one battle it's a whole war mm -hmm. that you're going through mm -hmm. so you do have to kind of take you have to take care of yourself mentally uh -huh. physically spiritually I love it. You said it. Weariness is part of the journey. I mean, so if you're an out there and you're a leader and you're like, I'm doing it wrong. No, you're not. Even Je Jesus got weary. He, we're still yeah. we're physical. And I love that. You keep saying the word refresh, whether it's a people, whether it's outdoors, whether it's a hobby, whether it's friendship, just take the time to refresh. Because if you are starting to run low on your relational tank or your physical tank, you, you have to refresh. And, you know, those examples you gave are all phenomenal uh, examples of that. So thank you, Gary. Um, the third price that he talked about, and you alluded to this in the beginning, he calls it abandonment. And he always says that we need to abandon what we like to think about and what we want to think about. And we need to think about what we ought to think about and we need to think about. So how do you stay focused? It's a busy world. Um, your industry is very, uh, uh, there's a lot of flux. There's a lot of different regulations. There's a lot of different things probably that you could spin off to. How do you stay focused on what you need to stay focused on and abandon the rest of it? Well, I call that getting stuck in the weeds. Mm -hmm. um, it's really easy to get stuck in the weeds and lose your focus. I try to put the blinders on sometimes and just buckle down with what needs to be done that day. And I know that's easier said than done because there's a lot of distractions that come in every day. Right. There's a lot of needs that pop up. There's a lot of drama that happens in life, whether it's personal drama with family members. Um, we have three kids and there's always something to deal with. Mm -hmm. uh, they're all adults and we have grandkids, which is great at this phase versus when they were younger. And I'm, I'm thankful I had a, have a great team member and my wife will be married 36 years this September if she still hangs on to me for a few more months. But, um, you know, it's, I think it's important. The people in your life are, are important. And I've heard some of your talks and I've heard other talks. It is important to be surrounded by good people, whether they're people in your tribe, your employees, um, or if you're not an employer, uh, you know, your boss, people that support you and encourage you. You're not always going to agree with each other. You're not going to always see things eye to eye. <clears throat> but I think to stay focused is really important. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And I think this trial that we've been through recently with coronavirus is one of those things that we're going to come out of. We're going to realize maybe I don't need everything I thought I needed before. Business is going to be done differently. We're doing a lot more of these Zoom meetings, which they're fun, but I miss the face-to-face -face interaction, being a handshaker and a hugger and somebody that goes out and meets people. Mm -hmm. But um, I think you just have to start out each day with a focus and a plan on what you do and try to execute that plan. Mm -hmm. But what I've also found in all fairness, and most some people listening to this might agree with this, they may not, we have our planner and our schedule, and that's what we say we're going to do, and then there's what happens. Mm -hmm. 
they're not always the same thing. Um, but I think if we just, just do everything we can, the best we can do it each day and, um, just focus on that. If not put it at the top of the list for the next day. Right. So it doesn't get shoved under the rug or forgotten about. Right. So you pre- you're pretty diligent about on a daily basis, kind of going back through and, and kind of assessing where you've been and what you need to reprioritize and do for the next day. Right. That's yeah. what I try to do. I mean, well, yeah, there's, that, there's no easy answer to it. I don't think. No, it's, it's work. Yeah. Yeah. Life, life's, life's got a lot of distractions. Uh-huh. And I, th- I think it's hard today. Um, you know, a lot of working moms, um, I know you grew up in a more different time, and I did too. Our mom stayed at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've read about your life growing up a little bit. I know what my life was growing up. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of moms are working today, and they got to juggle that. And I have I respect that. Mm-hmm. We've had some work. We have some working moms that work for us, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know how they do it. All right. To be honest with you, honest, honestly, they they, they have to really double down and get things done because they, a lot of them work very well at work and then they have to go home and be mom. Mm-hmm. Well, it, and it is interesting with what's been going on the past couple months. It really has given everybody kind of a chance to get clear on, okay, what do I need to spend my time doing? What is occupying my time? And are there different ways that I can do it? And I'm always right. a huge fan of that. Right. You know, I still think I still think meetings have to resume and will resume. Um, you know, there's still something about being around people, and we are coded for attachment. And not this is great, but this is not this is not real attachment. You know, know what I'm saying? I know. I know. And, and you know, we we need that. We we need that. We're we're made for that. And so um, I, I I do look forward uh, to bringing that back. But um, you still got to be abandoned to the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And sure. uh, otherwise, especially as a small business owners, you know, resources aren't infinite, and you start kind of running down rabbit holes, or you know, what am I going to do? Or this person's doing that. And I don't know if you've ever, as you were deciding what your business wanted to be, did you ever have any trouble in the beginning deciding? exactly where you wanted to focus and what did you what you wanted your niche to be well what do I want to do when I grow up yeah I'm yeah trying to figure that out good uh, people need to hear that right yeah. yeah 30 years in the business and I'm still working on it amen brother uh, you know this this is uh I got in this business really out of necessity uh and it just turned out to be a great opportunity for a young guy I was a month away from being 18 when I married my wife. So I still remember my dad had to go to the courthouse and sign for me to get married because I was underage. And so we started out very young, high school education, you know, and I, I say I've graduated sum cum laude with, from the school of hard knocks, mm-hmm. like, like some people, <laughs> but I've had a lot of unique life experiences, business experiences, had a lot of good mentors in business. And, um, this business has been extremely good to me and my family. I've been okay. able to um, have a, make a great living, help our kids get a good education, buy a home, and start this little business. Um, you know, we're never going to be the biggest, but we always try to do the best we can to serve right. our clients. And uh, we're kind of a, a boutique operation in the way we do things. And the people who like us, like us, and <clears throat> those who don't, they'll do business with somebody else. Right. There's enough business out there for everybody. <clears throat> but uh, 
really, I think what it boils down to a lot of times is that personal connection that you make with people over time, because mm-hmm. anybody can sell you a product and the tran- do the transaction. Mm-hmm. And in our industry, it changed a whole lot in the last decade since the ACA, the Affordable Care Act came out and a lot of the services and things that we were forced to start to offer. And it's interesting. I'm seeing the same thing right now with my own uh, accountant. Another, He's a client, small business right down the street. And um, with all these like paycheck protection programs and different things coming out from the government, they're now having to do a lot more than right. just doing your taxes mm-hmm. and doing your book work and things like that. So it's going that extra mile um, that, that sets you apart a little bit. But, uh, you know, this is a very unique business. And I think I was made for it. Obviously, uh, it's a little too late to go back now and paint myself into a corner with it. But uh, now it's fun because after 30 years, I, I, I dug uh, enough ditches that I've built a nice little pile of sand. I keep growing and growing and growing. And nice. I have a daughter involved in the business to kind of transition to. And I want to work, believe it or not, another at least 20 years. My goal is to to make it 50 years in the business. And then I'll think about retiring maybe or slowing down. I'm slowing down a little bit more each day, but you know what I'm saying? Right. I want to stay involved with it, stay active, use my mind, uh, use the 30 years of experience to help her to get to the next level and help some other people become successful. I and love that. Really, that's where I'm at right now in life. And, and why, why quit now? You're just, as dad would say, oh we're God. just starting to figure it out. Why on yeah, earth would I slow down now? It's finally fun. You know, it's funny. You've read this before, but I want to, uh, hopefully I can find it. I was just reading in your dad's book. Uh-huh. I love this. And I heard you say this, so I'm sorry for repeating it. No, my, go ahead. One of my favorite stories, it was about uh, leaders must be growing. We're we are aware that growth requires growing pains and that growth so often comes through failure. A young fellow asked an old timer how he became successful. You already know this story, right? The, the old timer replied, good judgment. The young fellow then asked, how did you get that? The old timer replied, experience. The young fellow asked again, well, how did you get that? The old timer replied, poor judgment. <laughs> And that's a great story it for is. everybody. Yeah. And I could listen to that almost every day because that's just truth. It is. To hear. And your dad used a lot of humor, and you know that, and in, in his, in his getting points across. And that, that humor stuck in your mind. I still hear him saying that himself 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. We used to get together almost 30 years ago and have Bible studies and um, you know, I'd go in there young, defeated, worn out, wanting to cry on Charlie's shoulder, and he didn't want to hear none of that. You, you know, you know your dad. He would grab me by the arm, and I'm a big man like he is, six foot four, and he would put me down on my knees. He goes, let's get down on our knees. We're going to pray. We're going to pray right here, right now. <laughs> I mean, how are you going to do And he, he goes, I'll go first, then you go. Right. So he modeled it. And yeah. I mean, if you think about that, he just modeled how to talk to God. Mm-hmm. And if, if he wouldn't do that, he would pull out a book and he'd say, read this to me. Mm-hmm. And I'd start reading that book. And 10 minutes, in, five minutes into it, I'd be like, what am I whining about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, thumb suckers, there's no thumb no suckers. Thumbs, right. <laughs> 
I mean, it, well, you, the, the biggest thing that he helped people abandon was their stinking thinking because you cannot, faith and fear can't coexist. And he was so good. He was so, um, you know, like in your face and some people are like, well, that's me. And he would just, it was like an emotional slap, like stop it, you know? And it's like, you get the physical slap too sometimes. Physical slap too. And when I first came back to run the business, I would have men call me and say, your father chewed the living daylights out of me. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, and thank God he did because he saved my life. And I'm like, okay. You know, but I mean, we just need that, that tough love. Cause when we're wallowing in our own pity party, somebody right. needs to come in and just give you a good kick with love. And, and that's what he did. He, you had better abandon your whining and thumbs up. There right. were, Zero tolerance for that. It doesn't do any good. It'll kill you. And it'll, it'll ruin you. everybody around you. I mean, people right. can't stand it. Yeah, it's the old, mis- what they say, misery uh, loves company, but the company doesn't love misery. Shut up. <laughs> Stop sucking. Yeah, read this book. I don't want to hear any more about what no, you You got to be an overcomer, you know? it's Yeah, yeah. You know, and we all have problems. I mean, we, we have ups, downs, challenges. We've got some challenges going on right now that I only want to get into but you know, it's it's interesting. You got to deal with them from a uh, intellectual, factual way, and not just not get wrapped up in the emotion of it. And you know, when you're a leader, a lot of times I'm going to use two adjectives. Every leader has already experienced, and if you haven't, you're not a leader yet. Mm-hmm. It's hurt and disappointment. Yeah, and that ties into everything that you're saying. And you know. When you go through those things where you're hurt and you're disappointed, it usually involves people. Yeah. Usually involves uh, a misunderstanding of how things are supposed to go, mm-hmm. and you have to forgive uh, them uh, and have the right attitude about it, and and really, you know, put the results in, in God's hands because uh, maybe He's working in their heart and their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously he's doing something in our lives too. And we're not understanding totally, but again, that's where our faith comes in. And we, we, we just trust him for, for good things to come out of it. Right. But right. you know, hurt and disappointment is just tied up with that weariness, abandonment, and loneliness. Right. Well, and I just, I, 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 like I said, I heard this speech when I was little. So I, I was, I was so glad I did because when I started, you know, my first leadership job as a shift supervisor in fast food, I always realized, Hey, um, if you got blowback now, yeah, you can always improve as a leader, but some of it is just par for the course. It's how you get developed as a leader. So, right. uh, but you're right. But he was always laughing about it and always saying, Hey, um, you know, people may hurt me, but I've hurt them too. And so as long mm-hmm. as you're evolving and just continuing on the path, that's right. and laughing, getting, getting, pe- getting people to laugh at yeah. their heartaches. Yeah. And there's no perfection. I mean, we're human beings, right? We're right. human beings. And, um, very normal to get exhausted and worn out and want to walk away. And it's funny um, when I was, I mean, I don't quit as much as I used to. I used to quit a lot. I was like, I quit. I hate this. Me too. (laughs) I don't want to do this. I did the same thing. My wife would start cheering me on. She was my little cheerleader. And I think in middle school when she was in seventh grade, going to a private Christian school wearing culottes or whatever they wore, you know, they couldn't show off too much leg. She would do these cheers and it was like, you can do it, put your mind to it, buckle down, buckle down, do it, do it, do it. And she'd do this cheer. And I would start cracking up laughing because I, it was so cute. And, you know, she's in her fifties now. She's still cute when she does it. (laughs) 
She is. She's adorable. Oh, I love it. You know, those. it's great to have somebody on your team who wants to see you succeed. And I think that's important, too, um, to have the right people around you. Because, you know, some people come and go. um, It's not all bad when they go. Uh, (laughs) What's that say? Some people are a blessing when they come into the room and others are a blessing when they leave. When they leave, yes. (laughs) But... uh, you know, they, they're going through their phase in life and everything, too. But you definitely don't want to be around toxic people either. That's not good either. Right. Um, and there's an adage in business today about hiring slow and firing fast. Um, we tend to we have done the, the opposite where we hired quick, too quickly. And then we then we had to we held on to people way longer than we should have. I know. And um, so you learn those things too in in life when you're in business, but we're trying to be more mindful of that right now. We're candidating three different people and adding them to take um, assessment exams and seeing if they're a good fit and interviewing and trying to be very mindful about the right choices Mm -hmm. because you don't want to mess with people's lives either, you know? Right. Absolutely. You want to be a blessing to them. You don't want to, you know, just use their their time up and throw them away. Yeah, and thank you for being transparent with that because I think any leader out there will say, listen, I haven't always been the best when it comes to picking people. I haven't always bought, bought the best, best fit in nor um, brought out the best in other people. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, the last, the last point that he talks about is vision. And uh, a lot of people listening may think that vision is kind of this esoteric, you know, Ooh, you're like this big brain, a Steve jobs, or, you know, a patent or whatever, where you just see things nobody else can see. But what dad talks about in the price of leadership is vision is just seeing what needs to be done, which most of us can at least see that and then doing it. So there's this recognition, but also this intentionality. So can you share with me, how do you dial in your vision? How do you, how do you get these mm-hmm. epiphanies or how do you stay focused on that or inspire that? That's a great question. I, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but being a follower of Christ, yeah. there's a scripture that says, without a vision, people perish. Right. And I, part of my daily prayer is to ask for wisdom. And I think I heard you say in a previous podcast that you read Proverbs every day. Mm-hmm. I've, re- I've read Proverbs for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I'll read all kinds of scripture. And then I'm like, okay, what proverb am I going to read? I usually pick the the day. Like if today's the eighth, I'll go to Proverbs. 31 eight. Proverbs. 31 Absolutely. Proverbs, one for yep. every day. Yep. And there's always something in there for me. Um, but see, God has an endless supply of wisdom. Uh-huh. All we have to do is keep asking for it. Right. And so I constantly am asking for wisdom and insight, understanding so I understand the people I work with better, the, the clients that we serve better, um, what to do in certain scenarios, situations that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I have to give credit to my faith um, from a vision standpoint, because God puts um, opportunities in front of you through people, through circumstances. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's just taking those opportunities that he has set before me and following through with it and, and doing, just putting feet to it mm-hmm. and, and making it work. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Leaders have to do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, you know what I was doing before I got on with you? I was running around changing the uh, air filters and the air conditioning systems here. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, Thank wow, you for that too. These haven't been changed since like November. <laughs> 
<laughs> you could have blown the building up. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. So anyways, we're, we'll be cleaning clean air this week. I like and, it. Yeah. So know, let's get a little hazy. Take out the trash. You do everything. You know, that's I way like it that is. Too. Business, you know? And I appreciate you saying that because sometimes people are like, well, no, 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 you should delegate that to people. And I'm like, look, it's not that I have a problem with delegation. It's just as a leader sometimes, and I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem doing my own administration. Some, now, if it's stopping me from growing the business or focusing on things I need to, but, but like you, we, we kind of do it all. Right. And am I too good to do it? When no, my team gets busy, I'm in there washing the coffee cups at the yeah. end of the day sometimes. I'm taking the trash out. And they see the boss doing that. Guess I what? I know. They'll do it. I know. I it's don't have to ask. I never ask anybody to do it. They just do it. Yeah. I love it. So Gary, t- talk to me now, uh, you know, I want to wrap up um, with, with talking about your book and, and share with me. I love the first part of it, setting a true course again, and we'll have the links to it. Show us a picture there. I love it. Um, uh, talk to me about how you had a recognition early in your life about what you did and didn't want to do. And I think that's really incredible. Um, and then you realized it was going to be work, but you realized something had to change. And you kind of saw your dad in different situations and you kind of saw business people. And then tell me how you put two and two together. Well, that's interesting. My dad was a, he was a, man, he was a fabulous guy in business, but he always worked for other people. Mm-hmm. He worked for a family-owned uh, furniture store here in the area. They're still in business. He was in leadership there and management. But because it was retail, now this was the 1970s and that era. Um, they just got in to where the blue laws went away and stores started to open on Sunday. Before that, they were always closed. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him work long hours. He wouldn't come home till sometimes after 9 o'clock at night. And, you know, just as a kid growing up, you want to talk to your dad and have those conversations. Well, I'd try to wait up for him and I'd always fall asleep. I'm still that person today. I fall asleep at nine o'clock at night. I get up at 5 a.m. in the morning. Man, Something about your I got to change my life. You're like the clock. 10th interview that says that. I'm like, man, <laughs> no more night out for Tracy. <laughs> right. But anyways, I, I thought, you know what? When I grow up, I don't want to live like that. So I, when I got in uh, was being kind of candidated for insurance. A lot of it was life insurance, like your dad. And I'm like, I don't want to be out at night with my knees under kitchen tables and come home at 10 o'clock at night. Uh-huh. Um, so I purposely went into the health insurance business where you dealt with business people during the day. And I'd say early on, 80 plus percent of my meetings were during the day. I'd probably have one a week at night you know, something like that. And now I never work at night. Mm-hmm. I'm home every day. Um, so because we work with people in the business world. So that always kind of drove me. I knew what I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true of a lot of people. They wind up doing something, whatever it is, because it's something they don't want to do. Right. So if you're given the options, you can do this, this, or this. We're like, I don't want these two. Well, that yeah. leaves this. Okay. <laughs> and that's okay. I mean, because a lot of people are like, yeah, find your purpose. And I'm like, I'm not sure what my purpose is. I know kind of what I don't want to do. And that's okay, too. That can be a guiding, <laughs> as good a guiding principle as any sometimes. Right. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Well, now, Gary, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. At this stage of life, I, my, I think my role in life is just to try to encourage the people I come in contact with that, whether that's a, an acquaintance, a client, a friend, a family member, be, a, be an encouragement to them. And then also um, just be open. Mm-hmm. 
to those opportunities that I have every day uh, to do that and glorify God in what we do. Beautiful. Um, are we perfect? No, but we just get up every day and do the best that we can do. Yeah. Well, you're an encouragement to me and so many others. Good. And you were to my dad and my mother loved you and you have been such a supporter to me. And I'm just, I'm so thankful to still have you in, in our tremendous sphere. Um, anything else you want to share with our listeners on the price of leadership and what you kind of discovered about leadership? Well, I'm learning that our next generation is getting ready for this now, too. I see it in my own daughter, Emily. Um, she's very involved in the local SHRM chapter. She's a vice president, mm -hmm. and she's becoming a leader as well. And in about seven years, we'll be a woman-owned business. Mm -hmm. because she's earning more shares of the company every year. Mm -hmm. And that's great. I want to see that. And um, I, I just... Uh, I'm impressed with a lot of the, um, and this is no disrespect to all the men out there that have built businesses and companies, but I'm really impressed with the young women and the women in leadership in business today. Mm -hmm. uh, in our business, a lot of our clients are women, and um, we work in a lot with the human resources people, and there's some business owners that are women, mm -hmm. and I'm just super impressed with the dynamics that they bring to the business world and business relationships. So I'm kind of excited to see the next chapter, even in our own company and where it goes uh, with that, with Emily being at the leadership helm. And I'm just trying to be an encouragement to her, mentor her along here a little bit and support her. That's how I feel like that's, that's my next chapter in life. I feel like I'm entering the fourth quarter. I'm not to overtime yet. That's later. Right. <laughs> I love I'm, that. I'm, just, I'm, I'm getting, you know, th third quarter's over. I'm entering the fourth quarter. What, what can I do? Yeah. Finish strong. And as a daughter picking up a second generation business from a male founder, yep. I recognize what you're doing with her and it's really right. encouraging to see. So right. keep right. it up. So I get her around people like you, leaders, women leaders, so she can see. And, you know, it's amazing how she's blossomed. And I see the fire in her eyes and her belly. She's got it. Yeah, that's awesome. She's the one. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, it's wonderful uh, as a business owner to um, really know who you're going to hand the reins to. It just allows you. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother topic. But I'm so yeah. glad you have that because you know it is all God's anyways. And if it ends that's after great. the first deck generation, that's fine. But when you've got somebody you can work alongside um, to pass the baton to, uh, you know, that's, that's really a true blessing. That is. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Gary, how do people um, get a hold of you? Where can they get in touch with you? Uh, they just look us up online at wevins.com for Wevido Insurance, wevins.com. Okay. All our information's on there. Good. And you're located in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Do you service clients, uh, other areas in Pennsylvania or where you're primarily? Yeah, well, we go down as far as the Maryland line and uh, I've got clients that are two hours northwest of here. So anywhere okay. within, you know, uh, an hour and a half, two hours of central Pennsylvania. We're actually in Wormleysburg and I'm looking at the state capitol right now. If you might oh, that's right. You're across the river. That's right. Yep. Yep. Beautiful place. All right, Gary. Well, thank you so much, brother, friend, author, leader extraordinaire, <laughs> insurance man that made a living, lived on those commitments. I love it. Amen. And pilot, Harley Ryder, you name it. You're everything. You're, you're Buckaroo Bonsai. You're a renaissance I am what man. I am. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing how you grew your business, how you grew thank your you. life, how you grew your faith. 
And I'm just blessed to know you so much, Gary. Blessed Thanks to know so you too, Tracy. Absolutely. I love right, and appreciate you. Rest of the day. Thanks everybody for listening. Follow the links, get in touch with Gary, get in touch with us. You can pick up his book too at tremendousleadership.com. Reach out to Gary. He also loves to speak and share. So thank you so much, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.